Time to move on because we've got a big week of continental football coming up. And this is the moment I was alluding to earlier because Lens take on Arsenal in the Champions League this week. It's a, a fixture very close to the heart of our very own Andreas Evagora, um, who remembers very well a Lens side getting up by a goal to nil. Um, back in 1998 as, as French champions. I think the return fixture was a 1-1 draw as well in, in the north of France. Um, Andreas, that, that's the history between these, these two sides. But um, after Arsenal uh, swept aside PSV 4-0 in their opening match, Lens came from behind to draw 1-1 with Seville, a Fulgini free kick in Group B. Can Lens really mix it? with the Gunners this week? I, I'm reaching back into my memory. I did actually go to the, I'm showing my age, that Lens-Arsenal um, match. I was a mere youngster, of course, in 98, but it was 1-1, <laughs> uh, and Lens got a, a late equaliser, as I remember, and then became the mm-hmm. first team to um, win at Wembley, the first French team to win at Wembley. They beat Arsenal because Arsenal were playing at Wembley um, back then. Um, to the present, um, Lens have picked up which is uh, good for them. I, I, that, that match was a 1-1. I wouldn't be that surprised if it's another 1-1 next week. Arsenal away defensively are very strong. They've played six hours of football away from North London without conceding a goal. They are a little bit uh, vulnerable to a direct diagonal quick ball, uh, which might open things up for Sotoka. Uh, maybe Eli Wahi might have a good night. Um, I think it'll be, be fairly close. Uh, there'll be a very good atmosphere there. And Lons will certainly go into that match much more confident than they were a couple of weeks ago. Though we should say, I think they played well at Sevilla. You know, that was a really good performance for them to get a 1-1 draw. Um, so I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a fairly close group. And I won't be surprised if it's another 1-1 draw. Well, they are coming off back-to-back wins. Their first wins of the season as well for Lens after those wins over Toulouse and Strasbourg in the league. JJ? PSG are on the road to Newcastle. Massive clash of, of modern football, if you like. PSG, who, who are still stuttering a little bit. We've just, there are rumours out at the moment about Kylian Mbappe suggesting that he's not 100% fit because of all his do I stay, do I go um, pre-season and a, and a lack of going on the pre-season tour with the team, of, of not, not doing enough to be or not being with the first-team squad for pre-season training. Against Clermont, I mean, and again, I used to defend PSG for this all the time. I mean, it, it was scoreless, but PSG could easily have won 4-0 as well. There were some fantastic saves, some, some profligate finishing. I don't think it was a concerning result so much for PSG, but, but Newcastle will be a, a, a different kettle of fish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to point out uh, as well, that PSG once again coming up against one of their own products who who kept them out on the day at Clermont with uh, Maury Dior, the uh, the Clermont goalkeeper. It's a recurring theme for for PSG, but I, I don't think we should read too much sort of into into the goalless draw. I mean, we know that PSG are a work in progress under Luis Enrique. Uh, they do obviously need to work on their finishing a little bit. And I was surprised that Gonzalo Ramos didn't get the nod to start in Clermont. Equally surprised that Kylian Mbappe was sort of risked, so to speak, uh, in that game, given that he picked up an ankle injury uh, in uh, Le Classique against Marseille. 
but also at the same time, I mean, Luis Enrique wants to put his strongest team out wherever possible, uh, you know, in order to to try and build up this uh, this cohesion. Uh, you know, a Newcastle away is going to be a big test of it because we've been talking about what constitutes a, a rivalry, a derby uh, in a domestic sense in France. I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a, a state-owned rivalry between a, a, a club that enjoys Saudi backing in Newcastle and, uh, you know, a Qatari-owned club in uh, in PSG. So this is one where, you know, the narrative is almost going to overshadow anything that happens on the field. But in terms of PSG delivering a performance, I think we've already seen from some of the games this season that when it's the bigger teams that they're coming up against, with all due respect to, to the likes of Clermont, uh, you know, when they're coming up against the likes of Lens, Lyon, uh, Marseille, they really can turn it on. And, uh, you know, I think that PSG will put in a strong performance in Newcastle. That's Ligue 1's two Champions League participants this season. Moving on to the Europa League, Baptiste, Rennes, 3-1 winners over Nantes, 3-0 winners over Maccabi Haifa in their first game in a group that also includes Panathinaikos, the Greek side, and Villarreal, their opponents this week in Group F. Villarreal lost their opening game to Panathinaikos as well. A win here for Rennes um, would be a huge step to going through to the next round. Not only France need it, Rennes need it as well because Rennes are an ambitious club that have been knocking on sort of the European door for a while without ever living up. they, They need that result. They need that campaign that puts them on the map, don't they? Very much so. They've been they've been in Europe the last few seasons, and they've assembled a squad that has depth and that has a lot of talent going forward. Uh, I think, as you said, they're an ambitious club. They want to make their mark on the European stage. And when I look at that group and their performance in the first game, I think there's there's definitely space for them uh, to do so and to impose themselves on the group. I mean, this isn't a Villarreal that we've known necessarily over the last few years. I think it's been a bit more chaotic. For them this season, and whilst Panathinaikos were impressive in beating Marseille um, on the Champions League qualifications that they didn't reach in the end, you know that was as much to do with Marseille's shortcomings as as Panathinaikos, um, you know, successful endeavors. So I don't think they'll be looking at that group, uh, you know, feeling like the underdog. And I think it's the perfect opportunity to make a statement. And I think you know away at Villarreal is is one place to do so, and I'm quietly confident for them. Staying in the Europa League, JJ, in Group B, we saw Pancho Baronado's Marseille turn on the style against Ajax. It was a, a remarkable match of football. Finished 3-3 in the end in their opening game. It's going to be another tough clash for them. We've spoken about Marseille. We've spoken about Gennaro Gattuso, their new coach. What can we expect from them against Brighton? I mean, it's it's early days in the Gattuso coaching regime reign but uh can we honestly expect them i mean brighton had a uh, have had up and down results in the last few days as well what do we uh what do we expect from this yeah really uh really fascinating this one obviously a battle between two italian managers uh i was delighted over the weekend obviously with my beloved aston villa winning six uh six one against uh, brighton at home uh, i don't expect marseille to to repeat the feats but um it you know i think marseille 
you know, should be looking at this at the moment, looking, you know, to, to hopefully pounce on a, on a vulnerable Brighton side. I think they've lost back-to-back games because they lost in the, in the EFL Cup as well. So there's no better time to come up against the Seagulls uh, at this moment in time. And it's also possibly a good moment for, for Gattuso to really sample, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere of Stade Velodrome on a, on a European night, which I think is going to factor into how his spell uh, in charge of the, the team goes. Obviously not an easy task and Brighton will want to, to bounce back. But, you know, Marseille, I think, will really, you know, fancy their chances after an unexpectedly prolific uh, outing against Ajax. Although if you look at sort of the demise of Ajax over the last 12 months or so, maybe it wasn't too surprising. And actually, I think this is an underrated subplot in all of the, the French team's involvement in Europe at the moment. You've got this battle between the French sides and the Dutch sides. And obviously that factors into Arsenal uh, playing against uh, Lens uh, this week as well. So it's uh, it's certainly going to be fascinating to see how Marseille's um, Euro- Europa League uh, outing goes because really, uh, you know, certainly in terms of the coefficient, um, you know, we could really do with Marseille picking up some points for, for the French clubs. Andreas, in, our, in France's and Ligue 1's final Europa League participant to lose. They're taking on Austrian side Lask. Um, they drew 1-1 with Union Saint-Gilloise in their, their opening match. Liverpool are the big side in this group. Is is everyone else playing for second place? And 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 to lose, how have you seen them travelling? They got a good win on the weekend as well, 3-0 over Mess. So that was a, a fantastic result for, for this young to lose side and their, their eclectic bunch of nationalities. Yeah, that was the perfect way to go into uh, this Europa League match. That that win against against Mets. I think, yeah, I mean Liverpool are gonna are gonna go through. Um, no disrespect to the others, but to, uh, to lose, they were a little bit unlucky. They they went one nil up uh, on, on the road in Belgium, ended up with a one one draw. Uh, Lask are not doing particularly well in the Austrian league. One four, drawn three, lost two. It, it, I hate to use that must-win phrase, but I, I think it's one of those games you, you just have to win at home. Uh, there, there's a battle between the three other teams. Liverpool are going to go through a good start for Toulouse, but they're going to need to win uh, against Lask on Thursday. I, I think they've got, a, a, a even without much European experience, I think they've got a really good chance of, of winning that and putting them in a, a good position ahead of the doubleheader against Liverpool. There's one more team, uh, Baptiste, involved in European com- competition. It's Lil, and I'm not going to ask you to pronounce who they're playing, <laughs> which I was tempted to do, but I have since seen that everyone just calls them Key. So we'll just go with that. Lil versus Key, who lost their opening game to Slovan Bratislava, Olympia Slovenia, the other team in, the, in this group that Lil beat 2-0 in the first game. I mean, it's a group that Lil should be winning every day of the week, isn't it? On paper, yes, but you know, Lille struggled against Rijeka in the qualifying stages, um, and this key side was the success story of the summer when they uh, just for making it uh, to this, you know, to this tournament. But also in the in the wins they gathered along the way, I think they beat Molder, um, they beat Ferencváros, you know. So not necessarily the biggest sides in the world either, but recognizable names on the uh, on the continent of teams you wouldn't want to go away to um so you know yes i'm uh, you know the ferries team i think they're semi-professionals or or they've only just become professionals but they're certainly on a good run and they gave bratislava a good game uh in their opening game so 
Uh, I think Lille should learn from its mistakes of the past against Rijeka and, and really uh, not um, you know, take it for granted. But certainly on paper, even with the limited depth that Lille do have at the club, that they should be too good for, for Keith. 